Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. You like rock and roll music? Yes! Then you're going to love PFT Sings the Classics. With incredible hits like Whoa, 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 whoa Just hanging tough Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, my boy Blue Dun, 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 Doody, doody, do Do, doody, do, do Shim, shimmy, shim, shimmy, shim, shim, shiroo I does what I likes and I likes what I do. No one looks like Gaston. Oompa, oompa, doopa dee doo. Just another day in the way. Feeling good today. Order yours today. His name is Mike Florio. He likes to stir the pot. Is that an old one or is that a new one? I don't know. All 2021. That's that's all this year. Wow. All this year. Wow. That's embarrassing. Most embarrassing. of the singing was from you. I think the only thing that was from me, my only contribution was the Oompa Loompa song. Yes. Very good. uh, Thank you for contributing that. I mean, I mean, I I don't even know what to say to that. I guess I'm just one of those people. I'm kind of a a hummer of music. If I'm like, I am a whistler. uh, It's what I do. So when we're sitting here in commercial break and if I've heard a commercial, a commercial or some song and you know, the recent 24 hours it's probably going to be blurted out of my mouth <laughs> a hummer of music is a that hummer. sort of like a thrower of the football yes exactly right a hummer a, a hummer <laughs> a hummer and a hummer of music all right we got a couple of hours there may be some singing who knows this is chris's last show of 2021 yeah. since tomorrow is the last day of 2021 and he doesn't work on fridays we will be doing PFT live tomorrow morning, though. So, oh, you're gonna work Chris, tomorrow. I know, I know you. I know you won't be watching PFT live tomorrow morning, but hopefully, someone out there will be. But uh, I can't believe it's a Thursday without football. That's where right. I don't Depressing. feel right today. Depressing. I know. I know that the the, the bowl games are on, and I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything about the bowl games. 
That that's that's a different issue. I know it's the same sport, but it's not late season, high impact, meaningful NFL football. Yeah. And it would be great to have a game tonight. It would be awesome to have a game tonight. I don't know why they don't have a game tonight. I don't I don't, I don't know why they either. don't. There's no reason not to. No, you're right. I mean we still got another week left in the season. Uh, I wish there was a game. It does drive me crazy. I've I've even thought, you know, again, I am excited about Friday night, right? You got the college football playoff semifinal. So that'll be a good watch. Sit down, hang out, watch those games on New Year's Eve. But then like I was disappointed. I didn't even realize till yesterday there's no Saturday games this week either. Like that that to me was another like buzzkill. And I don't know if does that go into like your your whole thing where you talk about the antitrust because it's bowl season? Does no, 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 no. Man, that's so uh, disappointing. Th- they're allowed they're allowed to play now. and televise right. Saturday games, Friday games. But they're standing down in deference to the bowl games because January one okay. is when all of the other big bowl January games happen. 1. Right, 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 right. right. And I did Rose forget it was bowl January one. Yeah, <laughs> Cotton Bowl and Orange Bowl and yeah, whatever bowl. So, but the good news is for the first time ever, week eighteen, yeah, the final weekend of the season, there will be a double header on Saturday on ESPN with hand-picked games that have playoff implications. Wow. Now, I, I, it's going to be fascinating to see how they figure out uh, agreed. which games to remove from the cluster. Because every year, the NFL and NBC go through the exercise of trying to find which game you can take from the cluster and make the last game of the season and have it as a standalone, no matter what happens the rest of the week, that game will have... right a real and actual playoff vibe to it. And there was a time a few years ago where there just wasn't a game. There wasn't any way to do it. There wasn't any way to ensure that there would be playoff stakes, so just no game. They got to take two of those games and and remove them and put them on Saturday and not undermine the overall integrity because that's the one week where there's more games in the late window than there are in the early window. Yeah. Because they're trying to make sure all the games that have relevance and interconnections and tentacles are happening at the same time. Well, like, why? Um, I, I am surprised by that, that there is going to be a Saturday football game. I, I didn't learn that till yesterday. I had no idea that going into week two, 18, two of them. I, did, I was shocked by that. Uh, so th- that's going to be interesting. Thank to you like, for reading PFT. Well, Thank I, you I usually PFT. do, but that's maybe the kind of story that every now and then I gloss over because it's just not enough football for me, and I'll figure I'll just find that out, you know, at some point, anyways. But yeah, I, w- I was surprised by that, and and uh, I- I'm interested too to see, you know, again, it's going to be some competitive advantages for a team that yeah gets to play on Saturday, the last regular week uh, of the year, and then if they do get in the playoffs. Hey, you got a Sunday game. You got a Monday night game now, wild card weekend. Wow, that could be – you could be one of those lucky teams that plays then. You could get a few extra days there. But uh, I was shocked to see that. Uh, that really was a new one for me for a Week 18 Saturday doubleheader-type games. What they should do – and there's no way to control it. By the way, I'm having trouble figuring out how an article about more football isn't enough football well, for you. Well, you know what I mean. I've, 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 given more... up tr- I've, I've, I've given up. Uh, and it's funny. I get – I still get emails every day about the things you say <laughs> and the thing, your, your staples like bangles and saying offensive and defensive and leaving off the V, saying verse instead of verses. Right. All of your verbal quirks. <laughs> I get the emails every day and I'm just telling I've given up. Thank you. I've given up. Give up. And somebody, somebody responded yesterday by saying apparently the educational system felt the same way. 
when it, dealing with Chris. Yeah, so, exactly right. Uh, <laughs> they gave me but, up. They but, gave but, it uh, up. They graduated me. <laughs> m- maybe they'll find a way to ensure that, and I, I don't know how much of this they can practically do. We, we'll understand it when we know which games they remove from the Sunday cluster. The winners of those games end up playing each other the following Saturday. Right. So there isn't extra rest because even if they got to figure that out. Yeah. Even if even if they play the following Saturday, they're going to be getting somebody who played on Sunday who had one fewer day. Yes, that's um, yes, that's what I was trying to say there. Right. Something to worry about. I just about. don't know how much control they're going to have over that. Right. And are they? Gonna, is it going to be all four teams from the same division? Is it going to be two AFC teams, two NFC teams? Because they're all divisional games in the final weekend of the season. It's it's going to be strange to see how that impacts, not just from the standpoint of rest, but resolving two games before we get to the 1 o'clock window on Sunday. What does that do to the, to the playoff stakes of those games? And I think that's the challenge on the front end. Just like on the back end, the challenge is to get a game that has playoff consequences that survive all the other games of the weekend, the other 15 games, you want to have two games that have playoff implications that don't that ruin don't, it. Yeah. That don't affect any right. of the other games. Right. And and uh good luck with that. I haven't even thought about it yet because there's so many implications that won't be resolved until we play this weekend's games. It's like I'm not even gonna bother to try to start threading needles and figuring out, well, if this and this and this and this and this. it's not it's too many permutations. Let's just wait and see. Let's wait and see when week 17 ends, then we'll then it then it hopefully will become clear which games make the most sense yep. when in week 18. And there is a Monday night game this week, the final home game for Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh as they face the Browns, a return of the playoff game from last year when the Browns obliterated the Pittsburgh Steelers. That ends the Monday night schedule, and then by Tuesday morning, presumably, when Chris is back, we'll be able to have some understanding as to what the schedule for Week 18 will be. All right, um, let's get to Week 17. Before we do that, before we do that, a little more on John Madden. The the the, and the way we're couching it is the best thing you learned about him in the last 24 hours that you didn't already know. Do you have something in that room? Well, I I had no idea he was drafted on by the Philadelphia Eagles. That that would be the first one. You know, that I, I had no idea about. So I guess that would be, you know, and what we, I learned that yesterday on the show. That, that to me was interesting. No clue. You know, again, I, I, I thought he just got into coaching and kind of went from there and might have played college football. I just don't ever remember growing up hearing that, that type of, uh, you know, those statements or him ever referring to, you know, him being drafted. So I guess that would be the most interesting personal wise, you know, as far as like what, what I learned about John Madden. Man, I know after one of the funnier things to me was I think a clip. I think that was us passing that around yesterday with Madden on David Letterman back in the early days of Letterman going through what numbers look on how what how certain numbers look on guys and you know saying that you know certain guys just can't wear certain numbers like if you're tall and long you can't wear 66 that's for a dumpy short guy you know a guard or something like that to me was hilarious and then the the best part of it is Letterman going well what about 77 that's probably for a dumpy guy too and he didn't realize that Madden had more 77 with the Eagles and Madden kind of just went over and went oh no no that's for a tall big guy and a few minutes later he asked Madden once again he goes so what number did you wear and he goes 77 and they all laughed and they're like oh so that's why that one was for you know a big tall guy I just I, I think I just got the biggest kick out of 
just seeing some of the interviews and other things that maybe I had not seen over the years, you know, over the last day that were just really funny and and uh, another another inside look at the personality of John Madden. Look at that. Cal Poly baseball. There's another one. I didn't realize that either. Look at that. There were so many things about John Madden that I either didn't know or I had forgotten. For example, the extent to which he tried to comfort the family of Daryl Stingley and be with Daryl Stingley yeah, yeah. after the catastrophic injury that that happened because of something his player did. It wasn't even his own player. And calling the airport and getting Chuck Fairbanks, the Patriots coach, to get to the air to the hospital after that had happened. Just those little details I didn't know about. And and I didn't know about the thing that I shared with you before the show. He told friends, and this there was a great article from The Ringer, Brian Curtis, a lot of details in there, things I didn't know about Madden. But he told friends that that they should never sleep on the side of a hotel bed that was next to the phone, quote, because that's where every businessman sat his ass, end quote. Hey, so, uh, <laughs> words, words to live by from John Madden, that. words of wisdom. I hear yeah. that. You know me, I'm a little germ, a germ freak as is, and that's one where, like, if I lay in a bed at a hotel... And I go, whoa, this is everybody lays on this side because it seems like everybody lays on the side that's closest to the bathroom or maybe closest to the phone. I always go to the side that I go, this seems less worn out. I don't know what it is. I guess it just gives me a little less of the heebie-jeebies when I get to sit you know, on that side and don't have to think about, yeah, some big businessman's butt was on the other side. I, 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 hear, I hear him there. There's some logic to that. <laughs> I, and so many of the things he said that, that were so simple, they made so much sense. Yeah. And that was one of his great skills, finding those sayings that were relatable but that brought the point home. And, you know, he spent a year teaching at Cal Berkeley before he got into broadcasting, and he he wanted to teach football. He wanted to see how people reacted to the information they were getting as he tried to take football concepts and make them understandable to anyone. And that's what he spent 30 years doing as a broadcaster, taking complicated football concepts and making them seem easy, far easier than what they really were, but at least they help you understand how the game works. And that's just not the way broadcasting worked back in those days. And he was the master of it. Uh, and there, that's why you know we say there will never be another John Madden. And there won't be, at least not in my lifetime. Maybe someday, years and years from now, ain't going to be my, ain't going to be my, my, thing to be entertained by, but it's going to be a long time before there's another one. Yeah. Um, uh, another point that we spent time yesterday at PFT discussing, and last night on PFT, PM Miles Simmons and I were kicking it around, the idea of some sort of a major permanent honor for John Madden. Yeah. Whether it's name the Hall of Fame after him, name the All-Pro team, the All-Madden team, although the voting would have to be tailored, I think, to, to do justice to what he would think. Somebody sent me an idea last night, a reader sent an idea that just kind of like, it, at first, I thought, ah, that's kind of hokey, and then it just kind of like exploded in my brain. How about this? They put a new team in Oakland, and they call it the Maddens. Well, that, that would be the would ultimate. would be awesome. The ultimate. That would be awesome. Yeah. Because the Browns are named after Paul Brown. Put a team in Oakland, an expansion team, whenever they expand next, and we know they're going to because of the great Mamu that comes from gambling, put a team in Oakland and call it the Maddens, or call it the All Maddens, which actually kind of sounds better. But call it the Maddens. The all, the Maddens are the All Maddens, but that's the that's the ultimate living tribute forever for John Madden. Make a team, 
in the in the area where he's from, in the city where he coached, and name it after him. Yeah, I, that's I, that. It wouldn't get any better than that. I mean, it, it really wouldn't. Uh, I don't know if that's actually a realistic opportunity or you know thing to happen. But man, yeah, I I I was more thinking of like, hey, a patch on the jersey, you know, of every guy on the in the NFL or something on the helmet or maybe a little emblem or something to you know recognize him in the end zone of every you know football field that's kind of where my mind went I mean again if they could pull that off that would be cool you're right there is the Browns and that is after the Brown family uh but but uh yeah I don't think that's gonna happen I'm sorry I want something permanent though oh you want permanent permanent yeah I assume there's going to be patches and emblems and honors for the for the entirety of the 2022 season and presumably the rest of the 2021 season. I want something big. I want something bold. I want something that reflects that this guy had more influence and touched more lives as it came to football than anyone ever had, anyone ever has, or anyone ever will, because his legacy will endure. It's past, present, and future for as long as they're playing the Madden video game, and they're going to be playing the Madden video game as long as they're playing football. Let's face it. They're never going to name it anything else. Do you no, really think they're going to say, oh, no. you know what, Al, we're going to call it NFL 2025. No, it's going to be Madden football for as long as they make the game. And if EA Sports ever loses the license, I'm sure part of the transaction is going to be whatever company takes it over, it's going to be Madden there as well, as long as they meet the appropriate quality standards and create a real football game. And that's what John Madden insisted on. He wanted 11-on-11 football when they first came to him with the idea. And they're like, you know, the technology doesn't quite support that well, then we're not doing it yeah. until you can figure out how to do it. So, um, I, 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 uh, God, that's, <laughs> I wish, I wish there was a way to, uh-oh, I wish there was a way to, to get the old game. There's got to be some way somehow to find the old game and play the old game. Cause, uh, even though it's, it's awesome now, All there's right. something about well, that what's, old game what's, that was What's magical. an idea, you know, that you would use to to then do that? Man, Howie Long, Howie Long looks like he just hurt somebody on the Jets. It looks like he hurt Ken O'Brien. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So, wait, but what about – yeah, well, what what's another idea other than naming a franchise after him that you could do to kind of give him a tribute here as we go along? Oh. They're like, what, what do you got in mind there when you when you say that? Well, I mean, the first thing I thought of yesterday was call it the, the Madden Super Bowl. They would never do that, but that was the first thing I thought of. Just name the Super Bowl after him, and it's always going to be the Madden Super Bowl. And the next best thing is name the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the John Madden Pro Football Hall of Fame. Mm. That that's a fitting tribute to John Madden, something that is big and something that is permanent, like the Lombardi Trophy. The problem is there really aren't many things out there that you could latch onto and say this is always going to be named after John Madden that is big enough. I mean, the, 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 the trophy they give you when you win the Super Bowl would be perfect, but, you know, it's taken. That's the problem. Certain things that are big enough are taken. So the Madden Super Bowl, that's pretty damn big. It's not taken, and it's not anything we ever even thought would be named after someone, but that's kind of what I was thinking along the lines of until the idea of naming a franchise the Maddens or the All Maddens. That, that has me thinking a different way altogether because I think if he had his preference – he probably kind of liked the idea of having a team named after him. Yeah, it's like one we should put out on Twitter, like where we should like put a question out there, like what's a what's a tribute to Madden that could last forever, you know? Because and they're not going to name the Super Bowl after him. That's not going to happen. You know, Hall of Fame. Hey, I mean, there's I, I can maybe get behind that. There's something there to that. But there's also going to be, you know, I think an outcry of like, wait, people are more deserving than him to have that. 
you know, honor. No, there aren't. Who? So, who? Well, who's more deserving? No, people who are there go. isn't. He's the most deserving. And if they if they have a problem with it, they can shove it where the sun don't shine. All right. He Bro- is the most deserving without question. No one has had an influence on the game of football like him uh, ever in all the ways he did it and what he means to the game. That's an argument that's a non-starter for me. And I think for most apparently. people. I mean, you're about to punch the me one, there. Holy crap. But, but well, you're right. Hey, you know, you want to be in the same room. Sometimes you got to take a little bit of the smoke, bro. But the, uh, the, the, the there's no one, there's no one that could make a no one. You know, give me one guy, one guy that could that could that could even begin to enter the argument with John Madden. Give me one, Bill Belichick. No, uh, yeah, because all he, he did was coach. That was a good all one. All he did was coach. Yeah. No, uh, okay. I mean, now, that was think, only the greatest coach they ever. Name, they so, should name the coach I mean, of the year award after Bill Belichick. Okay, that, that's easy. That's yeah, easy. Okay. That's his. That's his honor. All right. Madden, Madden no, you're was right. bigger Madden's because they don't name anybody. the game Belichick. I, I, you know, Madden yeah. would be up there. You're right. With it's it's really probably him. Um, you know, the original you know commissioner who brought. I'm blanking on his name. That brought Pete Rozelle. Yeah, right. I mean, those are the names that come to my head right off the bo- the the bat. Lombardi, uh, Paul Brown. He's got the Super Bowl trophy. I know. I'm just I'm naming names of in that in that class. Right. I'm just doing right. that. You know George Hallis. You're right. So it's 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 a limited few, but his his reach did go beyond the football field. To your point, you know. So right. that's that's where I get it. I, I I hear you there. I was just having a conversation and throwing that's some fine. things out I'm there. Having, hey you man, jerk. it's our last show of the year. Let's yeah, stir happy up a little freaking bit. New Year, but, you jerk. But 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 think about it. Think about it. You mentioned Pete Rozelle. Yeah. His name's on the Super Bowl football. MVP award. The, there's yeah, a duh, th- there's duh. there's a Hall of Fame <laughs> award for broadcasting right. that is named after him. Right. George Hallis has the permanent initials on the Bears uniform. I mean, again, for certain people, there needs to be something that is permanent. Lombardi Trophy. There needs to be something permanent. And John Madden deserves something permanent, but it deserves to be, frankly, bigger than than what anyone else has. And the Lombardi Trophy, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. There are probably a lot of people that don't even realize it's named after a guy who I'm coached sure. the Packers yeah. the first two championships. It's just the Lombardi Trophy. That's what they call it. Right. Just like the Madden game, that's what they call it. But but I, I just I feel like it needs to be something big. Yeah, I and, hear you. Uh, I hear you. Maybe, maybe we'll throw some ideas out there. I think we should. Uh, I'd, I'd like to hear some people's responses. I'm going to tweet Fish it here just in a tweeted, second. So there we'll, it see, goes. we'll see what people... No, Boom. no. Somebody else I did, did it really for quick. You. While you were yeah. talking, boom, is out The there. ultimate multitasker. <laughs> uh Jeff Rowan tweeted that he learned from Vern Lundquist that the Madden cruiser was kept at a balmy 58 degrees, and he was oblivious to the discomfort (laughs) of any of his passengers. That's great. Peter King had an item in Sports Illustrated 1989. I was reading some of it last night where he he got on the bus and and took a trip with John Madden uh, and chronicled the whole thing. Yeah, which. uh, yeah, it's, I I don't. I feel know. like I vaguely remember that. He's claustrophobic on planes. I'll tell you what. There's only so much of that bus you can do either. I mean, he was on that bus nonstop. Yeah. You, you finish a game in one place and you get on the bus and off you go. And you're on that bus, you know, maybe most of the week, getting to the next place where the yeah. game is, depending upon how the schedule oh. fell together. Uh, yeah, I I know that's a ama- that's a, one of the amazing things about it. I mean, he'd have a game in San Francisco one week because of Joe Montana and Bill Walsh, and the next week he'd be in New York. And you go, damn, he drove across the country, and he's going back again for another San Francisco game the next week. To, so, I, you know, I mean, you're right. Being in a, a car or a bus that long is, is not easy, but I guess when you got big windows on the side and you can see the ground and everything like that, it, it takes a little ease off the, uh, 
you know, claustrophobic aspect of, uh, you know, being scared to fly and all that. One thing that I could guess about John Madden would be that he's probably uh, saying enough of this about me. There's great football games this weekend. Let's focus on the football games this weekend. Although I have a feeling we're going to be remembering and talking about John Madden for the balance of the season and beyond. The Arizona Cardinals, the team we were talking about, is the best team in football by far. And, and, you know, people were indignant. Why aren't you paying more attention to the Cardinals? The Cardinals deserve more love. The Cardinals are the best. The Cardinals, the Cardinals, the Cardinals. They've lost three games in a row now. Kyler Murray, their quarterback, who was once the odds-on favorite to win MVP, now not. He spoke to reporters yesterday about what the Cardinals need to do to end their three-game losing streak this weekend. You know, people are making dramatic you know, statements and all this stuff about the team. I mean, it's not uh, – there's nothing – Nothing crazy that needs to be done. It's just everybody's got to do their job. Everybody's got to be a little bit better. Um, you know, stop, stop turning the ball over. Stop, you know, making mistakes, penalties, and stuff like that. We'll be fine. Yeah, I think it goes deeper than that. I mean, it just feels like they're broken at a more fundamental level. One of the concerns and critiques you had of the offense last year was it was too yeah. basic, it was too simple. I don't know. I, and I don't know if it's just as simple a question of DeAndre Hopkins not being out on the field to attract extra attention, whether there's any reason to think Kyler Murray's a little banged up, but there's just something's not right with this team. It, it's it's And they're having a hard time getting it back. I mean, when they got completely and totally manhandled by the Lions, that was the red flag for me. And now 100%. they're going to Dallas where, you know, they ran all over the Cowboys last year and it was a special game for Arizona. Now they have to go in there wondering, what are we stepping into here? Because the Cowboys are in the process of getting their magic back. Yeah, well, you know, again, they're, they're a team full of playmakers. That's the first thing. And they won a lot of games throughout the year where, you know, hey, we came away going, or at least I did come away going, hey, that was a good game. They didn't actually, like, execute at, like, the highest level I've seen in that game. But they still won 31 to five against the Texans, or 37-14 against the Browns. But they they made plays, so you just kind of thought, well, there goes an interception. They returned it 70 yards to the five yard line, and you know, oh, they threw a screen pass, and the guy broke it for 60 yards. So you kind of just chalked it up a little bit as like, hey, they're going to be one of these teams that's just going to make plays like this all year long. Well, that's kind of gone away. You know, Kyler Murray got hurt. He has not found his kind of mojo, like we saw Dak Prescott kind of get hurt. You know, where he kind of took him a while here. Last week was probably the first week we really saw, whoa, that looked like Dak Prescott before the injury in a while. Kyler Murray, you know, the same thing. You know, I just look at it, you know, Mike, you brought it up. One, hey, offensively, I do think it's the, that conversation has reared its ugly head again a little bit where the, the drop back passing game is a hair too predictable. And the last few teams they've played have done a good job of taking away their tricks that kind of make their basic offense look good, which is when I mean that, what I mean is the screens of the receivers, the speed sweeps, all the great screens of James Conner and the running back. Teams have learned to, to defend that, and now it's gone back a little bit into, all right, so Kyler Murray, you're going to have to drop back and make plays in the pass game, and they have not delivered over the last few weeks. I mean, that, that to me is what I would look at more than anything is the offensive side of the ball. You know, Kyler got back. They won 33-22 against the Bears, Mike. And really, I mean, you look at it, the offensive statistics were nothing special. Uh, in fact, I think Kyler threw for less than 100 yards maybe. Or it's, not, it's something, 123 yards in that game. But they made some plays. If you remember, the defense caused a lot of turnovers, right? 
you know, but but you know, after that, yes, that it was mistakes in the Rams game, domination in the Lions game. And then really domination last week in the Colts game against a team that wasn't even close to 100%. And that's to me where I'm a little scared, Mike, to like what you're saying. Is this like one of those blips that we've seen just about every team in football go through this year where it's like they got the disease of turnovers or everything like that? Or is there something more? And for them, I kind of fall into, I think this might be something more. And that's why maybe I'm a little more worried about them than maybe some other teams who went through these struggles. There was always that nagging concern that they would have a hard time stepping up in clutch moments yeah. because they lack the experience either on the roster, with the head coach. We saw them in high-stakes games this year, and yeah, they, they could have beaten the Packers, but they didn't. It was week eight. That's it was the right. biggest Thursday night game of the year. It was exciting. It was memorable, and they didn't win. And then they had the Monday night game against the Rams, and Could they have lost beat the Rams, that. but they and, didn't, just like the same kind right. of thing you're saying. I, I hear you, yeah. And I feel like that's the game that started whatever it is that they're dealing with now, yeah. that, that they've, they've got to figure it out. And, you know, they, they can figure it out. It's not impossible. We've seen teams on this weird EKG of a yeah. season where they're great and we are ready to crown them and they fall apart. And then we're ready to say they're done. And then they find their, their groove again. The Bengals are one of the great examples of that, but they're, they're hardly alone. Multiple teams have been up and down and up and down or down and up and up and down, and you don't know where they're going to go. And the Cardinals, if they're going to figure it out, they better do it soon. They had their playoff berth, but they've squandered their lead in the NFC West, which means they're going to have to go on the road, wild card round, which which is great because until they got stomped by the Lions, yeah. they had won every one of their games on the road by double digits. But their last time on the road, they got stomped by the Lions, and they may get stomped by the Cowboys. You know, I, it's amazing to me that they already have punched their ticket, but that's what 10 wins will get that's you. Because right. otherwise, if they didn't have a spot guaranteed, I'd be worried about them slipping out of the wild card chase yeah. over the next couple of weeks because they got the Seahawks. You know, what could be the last Russell Wilson game of Seattle, the last Pete Carroll game? Who the hell knows what's going to happen there? I can see them lose the next two games. I, 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 you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked either. You're right. I mean, in Seattle, we know they're going to compete, and they'll enjoy being the spoilers, and they'll cut it loose. Dallas, of course, is a tough matchup. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to pull any punches. I know we're going to pick games later, but, I mean, I'm going to pick Dallas right now. You can't pick Arizona the way they played as of late. At least I can't do it. You know, so, so yeah, Mike, I, I think you're, it, it's, it's all real points that we bring up there. You know, I, I'm a little scared about the way things have looked offensively. Yeah. You know, when the tricks and the big plays aren't provided by the defense, which, you know, again, you know, you're playing better teams in the playoffs. They're not going to be just tricked as easily. They're not going to, um, you know, make as many mistakes. And, of course, they're, they're, they're good, they're well-coached football teams that are going to understand what you're trying to do. And that's what I think scares me. That's a good thing, to your point, that they, got, they had money in the bank for the way they started the football season. That saves them here down the stretch. But, like, offensively, definitely lost their way. Hopkins certainly like, is proven to be, yeah, it's a little bit of a, an issue because he was the one guy where, again, you could just go, it's one-on-one. Hey, I don't love this play, but he's one-on-one. I'm just going to throw it to him. You know, they don't really have that other guy. A.J. Green's good. Christian Kirk's real good. Rondale Moore's good. They're smaller guys. They're not necessarily 50-50 jump ball type guys. And then I think, Mike, when you add that on to the offensive struggles we talk about, and then you get into the other thing that probably is my number one concern or number two concern. There, there is a lack of big people in the middle of their defense as far as defense alignment 
for the Arizona Cardinals. That that was another, you know, their speed, their chaos. Vance Joseph does a great job of having a lot of different looks and all that. But we've seen here with, you know, the Rams who ran the ball okay that night, but they were just kind of finding their way to get back to the running game then. The Lions absolutely dominated them in the run game. I mean, dominated. And the Colts, of course, had their way with them last week as well. And so when you couple that with offense that's spotty, not staying on the field, and now your defense is letting people pound you with the run game, man, that'll take you out of rhythm as a football team and especially take your, your offense out of rhythm. And the Colts did it without three starting offensive Amazing. linemen. They lost a fourth one during the game, and they still yeah. did it. And, you know, since it's still the holiday season and our hearts are full of wonder and merriment and goodwill, if the Cardinals would lose this week, if the Cardinals would lose next week, and if the Cardinals would go one and out in mm. the wild card round, mm. do we think the guy that was very coy about possibly going to Oklahoma could be going anywhere other than Arizona after the year? Because we entered the season with Cliff Kingsbury at or near the top of the list of the guys who had to get it done. And hey, he's gotten to the playoffs. Congratulations. But when you start like you did, and that feeling that you're just falling and there's nothing you can do and it's a horrible sensation at every level of the franchise. If they keep falling and they can't get up and they have an ugly loss in the wild card round. I remember back in 2002, the 49ers fired Steve Mariucci after a divisional playoff game. Could we see a one and out Cardinals playoff appearance followed by a new coach in Arizona? I'm not ready to rule that out. I, I don't think I'm ready to rule it out either. You know, when you when you you know, you look at like right now they've lost six out of their last nine. All right. So you got that aspect. You lost two more to go along with that. I mean, if you end the season, you know, losing nine out of your last twelve, I guess is what we're saying there. Yeah, I don't care who you are. And Cliff Kingsbury certainly doesn't have enough pelts on his horse right now to be able to go, well, look at all the things I've done the years before. You know, they, they've done something. They've built something there. There's no doubt. But um, I think that's a real question, Mike. If they lose these last three football games, their team is too talented to have this type of collapse. That that would be the thing I would say. They're, they're just too talented across the board. You know, they're not perfect. You know, you, you, know, you heard me say the, the lack of big people or difference makers on the inside there to a degree. You know, hey, but other than that, I'm certainly not going to point the finger at Steve Kime right now, the GM, and go, well, he didn't exactly give Cliff Kingsbury all the great ingredients. No, no the, the ingredients are pretty damn good. It's, it's as good a roster as you're going to find in football. It, it's up there. So that's where it does fall back on Cliff Kingsbury. And, yeah, we're seeing, like, the, the questions we had, you know, when you wouldn't make them number one in the power rankings. It's just, like, we need to see them in some battle-tested moments. And can they win those games? And every time we've had that moment this year, they've not come through. And I think that's scary when you have a team that, you know, has the, the type of talent we're talking about there in Arizona. They get their chance this weekend with that big spot, 425 Eastern, a game that was moved there from 1 o'clock, perfect spot for Cardinals-Cowboys, an old NFC East rivalry even when they were in Arizona, they were still in the NFC East. They get back together again, so that one should be a fun one to watch. By the way, by the way, before we pivot, to I just got to share this with you. Here's a window into my existence with with you, Chris. Yes. I, I periodically will check the various sources of information that could be relevant to the 
broadcast of the show? Is there some news development? Have I gotten an email that's relevant in some way to what we're discussing or alerts me to something I need to know? I looked down and I saw a subject line from somebody who was pointing out that you said pelts on the horse yesterday, just as you said pelts on the horse again today. Right. And this falls into one of those categories where we've been there, we've done that, we've talked it through, and I'm not changing your mind. So, folks, he's going to say pelts on the horse from time well, to time. Well, this is why I – pelts on the horse, I say this. I know. Be, well – be, you're have, convinced it's a legitimate. It's well, le, I have family from Kentucky I, that you know that that's where they always fight back against me. They always go, hey, "Well, it's pelts on a horse." Like, uh, uh, you know, a hunter or whatever would have furs on his horse, like to say, "Like, hey, this is what you know what I've done." So that's what I always get pushed back from them. And that's where I go with it. Is it totally wrong to say pelts on a horse? I mean, you're right. I've always thought it was pelts on the wall, but. That's the way Parcells said it. Right. That's you. Ha, you should have your dad call Parcells. I will have them have that conversation and record it so we can play it on the show. Okay. That would be awesome. B- Bill. Bill hey, will Bill. straighten hey, that hey, up. Hey Bill. That's for sure. Hey Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Help me out with something here. Yeah. Yes. And Bill. Go, and hey, Bill hey. will say, "Hey, you stupid ass! It's pelts on the wall." Yeah, he probably would. And then my dad would go, oh, 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 "Okay, coach. Yep, you're right." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, another game that is suddenly very impactful and meaningful and exciting the Miami Dolphins who followed a seven game losing streak with a seven game winning streak first time ever in NFL history a team has had amazing. a seven game losing streak and a seven game winning streak in the same season That's amazing they take it to Nashville which will be the toughest game they've had so far hey they drew a lucky card on Monday night against Ian Book and the New Orleans Saints that had 22 guys on COVID reserve now they're going into Tennessee Titans team that is very good. Yeah. Titans team that's trying to enhance its standing in the AFC field. And Ryan Tannehill is waiting for the team that made him the eighth overall pick in the draft back in 2012 and that eventually cast him overboard, paying a big chunk of his salary to get him off the books and get him to Tennessee in 2019. Here he is from yesterday talking about facing his old team. As far as people, there's not a whole lot of people left, uh, players left that were, that were there. There was a few guys, a handful of guys that are still on the team, but uh, there's been a lot of turnover there. So um, not not a, a big carryover of guys. But, yeah, thankful for my time there and, um, you know, have, have no ill feelings towards Miami. And, and you know what? He shouldn't. They made him the eighth overall pick. They gave him a four-year, $77 million contract, even though it wasn't clear that he deserved to have the big contract. He never really became the guy that he became in Tennessee. And one of the reasons is, just as he was starting to ascend, it's been five years ago, 2016, late in that season, he took a low hit from Calais Campbell, who was then at the Cardinals, and it gave him the partially torn ACL. And we had the conversation, should they do the surgery, not do the surgery. They decide not to do the surgery. And then early in training camp in 2017, the ACL goes kaflooey. They get Jay Cutler. They brought him back for one more year. And then after that, Tannehill was gone. So it was circumstance. And it was the fact that he was never as good in Miami as he's become in Tennessee. So there's no reason for him to be mad. They paid him a crap load of money sure. to be the Dolphins quarterback and and never really earn it with his play on the field. No, no, I, I, I get that. You know, I, again, I'll go back to, you know, a tale as old as time, okay, here. You know, again, what in Miami was so special that we thought he was supposed to just dominate and kick butt? I mean, those teams weren't that good. 
You know, that, that would be the first thing I'd always fight back again with people. And you heard me fight with those kind of words before. You know, again, he was the reason or one of the main reasons they got to the playoffs that year. And, you know, he couldn't play. And Matt Moore played uh, against Pittsburgh in that, that wild card football game there. But, you know, you're, you're right. He has no right to be mad at the organization. Now, if I was Ryan Tannehill, I would love to shove it up all the Miami Dolphin fans. You know what, though? Shove it where the sun don't shine because there was not great respect. I mean, in fact, the Miami fans way more respect Tua, who's done nothing, than oh, they did. Go. Than here they we go. Did. Yeah, sorry. Oh, eat, eat it minutes. to Anon. Eat it to Anon. Eat <laughs> it. And no, so that's where I just go. You know, he never had the support of the fan base, let alone he had a teammate who had a wife who constantly, if he made a mistake, liked to just crap all over him, you know. And then that teammate went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where Jameis Winston threw interceptions every other play, and we never heard the wife say one damn thing. So he had a lot of people piling on him down there in Miami. That bothers me. It does bother me. And that's where I hope he has a good game is not necessarily to, to stick it to the Dolphins, but to stick it to the Miami Dolphins fan base. She could have uh, always baked him a cake as a peace offering. Yeah, I mean that was some BS. That whole that that thing. I mean, really, I want to go off on that, but I'll stop there. Um, I remember the cake. I got maybe, (laughs) maybe the great cake. Maybe no, 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 no. Trust me. If no, no, let's no, no. If you're if you're avoiding certain parts of the bed when you're on the road, you're not eating that cake. Let me say this though. Maybe two and on is a product of a deep-seated concern, guilt, regret by Dolphins fans that they didn't appreciate Ryan Tannehill while they had him. Maybe Tuanon is a reflection that there should have been a Tannenon years ago. Maybe. And there never really was a group of fans that rallied around Ryan Tannehill. So it's kind of like the boomerang effect. So now they rally around unreasonably Tua Tonga Bailoa. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but to hey, look, to I, I'm trying to I'm trying to placate Tua on by looking for the good I in hear Tua. You. Yeah. I, I, I I'm all look, for I, looking for the good in Tua, but I want to tell Tua not to shove it up where the sun sun don't shine. Oh, I know you do. Oh, oh, I, you know, got, I, know, I don't I give a damn do. about any of those idiots. All right. That's what I know. Now, <laughs> now, what happens when when the, <laughs> we've established that repeatedly? What happens when Miami shows up with the seven or eight guys at the line of scrimmage and who we don't know who's blitzing. We don't know. Who's, I mean, it's not. What are they going to do in Nashville when, you know, Julio Jones went on the COVID list? Not that he's been a factor for the team this year. A.J. Brown was great last week. Yeah. They don't have Derrick Henry. What's Ryan Tannehill going to do when he's looking across and he he doesn't know who's who's blitzing and who's going to drop into coverage? No, no, no doubt about it. That's going to be one of the keys to the football game. I mean, that's that's the Dolphins right now. That's their their bread and butter. Their defense is what makes their football team. They make so many plays. They put you so under so much stress like we've broken down before with all those crazy looks. Now, the one thing I'll always say about the Titans and a Mike Vrabel coach football team, they always got a plan of attack. They're always prepared. They might mess up and make a mistake, but it's not because like, oh, wait, we don't know how to handle that blitz or we don't know how to block this run. Or we don't know how to defend this pass from this offense. That's never the case down in Tennessee. So this is where it is the first true test to me 
you know, as far as the Dolphins are concerned through this win streak. This is the first one where you go into the game. You know, I know we had the Ravens game, and that was the beginning of this whole little run. And, you know, yeah, they caught the Ravens by surprise. And as we, as we see now, and I know they have injured, but we were questioning then, at least I was, how good are the Ravens really anyways at that time? But this is the first game where there's a little bit of a, a microscope on, on the matchup itself. Because, yes, the Titans are going to have a plan. A.J. Brown, like you said, he's back. And he was special last week, and he's only going to be better physically this week. So they're going to have to be careful about, ooh, do you really want to leave guys on an island with him with no safety in the middle of the field? He's as big a play wide receiver as there is in football. Julio, it's a little better every week. You know, it's not great right now, but it, it's, it's at least he's out there. And I know he came out of the game last week too. So that's where it'll be different in the fact that the Dolphins defense is going to see a plan of attack that makes sense with those type of looks. And Tua and company are going to play a defense that are going to have answers for, oh, read option. Oh, read option. Oh, you know, RPO, let me throw it a foot in the flat over there. Oh, RPO, let me throw it four feet in front of me in the middle. They're going to have plans for that. And that, this, to me, is where the real test to see how good Miami is, really. And the Titans currently the number two seed in the AFC. They clinched the AFC South with a victory. That's how important that win last Thursday night over San Francisco was. Hey. It'd be a race to the finish line between the Titans and the Colts if the Titans had lost that game. But uh, they, they've got it right in their grasp, and it's amazing to think that without Derrick Henry, they've managed to weather the storm, and they're holding out hope they're going to get him back at some point. That's the one big caveat on the AFC playoff field. If Derrick Henry returns to the fray Yikes. and is truly healthy, not just healthy enough to play, but healthy enough to be Derrick Henry, that shakes up everything in the AFC, and yeah. we could have round three of the Titans and the Colts at some point, maybe in the AFC championship by the time it's all said and done. I, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, again, Tennessee, I, of course I wouldn't be shocked if they were in the AFC championship, no doubt about it. You know, you're right, Derrick Henry, he comes back, it changes the game if he is close to 100%. They can still get there without him, but they need the receivers to be healthy. That's the thing. They, they, they've shown the ability for the most part – I think they'll be able to run the ball effectively enough in the playoffs to where you have to worry about it. And, of course, that's where it becomes dangerous on the outside. Tannehill is a phenomenal thrower of the football. You know, he really is. And if he's got a lane to throw it or somebody's open, I mean, he's going to hit the bullseye. He, he is that type of quarterback. And that's where, you know, Derrick Henry or not, as long as A.J. Brown's healthy and you got Julio over there that's at least some sort of a presence – uh, it's still going to be a pain in the butt to defend them in that offense. Let's go ahead and take a break. When we return, one day he's spewing misinformation about the pandemic. The next day he is back to creating a mystery about his football future. I'm not sure which one I prefer, but regardless, Aaron Rodgers made some news yesterday and we'll react to it when PFT Live continues right after this. Around any corner... Within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. 
Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Florisms. Renewal of vowels. This is either going to be a, a, a divorce or a renewal of vowels. Vowels or vowels? Vowels. Renewal vowels. of vowels after the no season. Else. Not renewal of vowels. Not, no, no renewal of vowels. This is a Wheel of Fortune. Renewal of vowels is something that Chris Sims would say, so I blame it on him from all the time I spend with him. Florisms. You know, I thought I was safe by having it come out during PFTPM, nah, but as we've learned, never safe. anytime, anyplace, anywhere, anything you say can and will be used against you. Renewal of vowels. I, th- that is, but look, I am blaming you. You've loosened my tongue in that regard because there is an opportunity to craft a new phrase that, while technically incorrect, you kind of like it. Like the typical Simsism, yeah, that's not the way it's said, but I kind of like it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, hey, renewal of vowels. Oh, yeah. Okay. Hey, sometimes you got to, you know, change the words up. I don't know. We got to find the real meaning behind all that. But I mean, it is, how do you, what is vowels? Is it V O W S? Is that renewing of vows? Is that how they spell that? Renewing one? of vows. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Vows. You yeah. know, yeah. your marriage vows. Right. I, which I, I assume you took at some point, I which I, I assume your wife now regrets them. taking. I won't be renewing yeah. them, but yes, I do. Yeah. Your wife's trying to rescind them. <laughs> so, She's trying uh, her best. <laughs> she stuck with me. Um, Speaking of rescinding vows or renewing vows, what's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers after this season? Now, to his credit, he didn't just bring it up spontaneously in you know, a radio safe space or something like that. What he did was he answered a question about his future. Now, he, he could have just said, I'll worry about my future when the season's over. But when he was asked about whether or not retirement remained a possibility on Wednesday, here's what he had to say. Uh, I wouldn't rule that out. Um, you know, I think that I'm just enjoying this season for this season. And I think there's, uh, playing next year is, will definitely be in the thought process. It won't be something where I'll drag it out for months and months, you know, have conversations, uh, with my loved ones after the season with, with Brian and Mark and Russ and coaching staff and, and, uh, and then make a decision at some point, uh, you know, I'm not going to hold the team back from anything. And, and, and once I commit and if it's committing, uh, you know, to move forward here, it'll be a, it'll be a quick decision. I've had some time to think about what he said yesterday, Chris, and I've settled on a timeline and a flow chart that is very simple. I think he's going to go to them right after the season and say, trade me. And if they say no, he's going to retire. And it's that simple. I still don't think he's going to come back for another year because I think he is smart enough and sufficiently self-aware in some respects, not all, not all, but some, some in this one, at least 
to understand that just because he would come back next year, it's, it's not going to be a continuation of this year. And, and he, he needs to look no farther than Brett Favre's time with Minnesota. 2009 was great. It was special. They didn't get quite to where they wanted to go. But then when he came back the next year, it took away from the special year. I mean, you know, this is one of his most favorite seasons. Fine. But next year could undermine that and detract from it. And you'd rather walk away, I think, with everything on a positive, everything on a high note, and possibly with a Super Bowl trophy tucked under your arm. Yeah, I, I I hear that. You know, I, 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 man, I could see that happening. That'd definitely be a scenario that that's gone through my mind. There, uh, one thing that you know again jumps out here. You know, I guess to me is why, why, like why are we, why are we even talking about this? Why, why? I mean, uh, you know, again, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to run their life, but like, like, I, man, I'm just shocked to hear that retirement's on the table. I guess that's what I'm shocked to hear about. I mean, you're you're no doubt one of the three best quarterbacks in football still. Like, no doubt. I mean, this year, he's he's number one. Nobody's outplayed Aaron Rodgers the last two years. You know, I understand Mahomes is capable of making more magical plays and guys like Josh Allen. But as far as the combination of magical plays and then playing the position exactly the right way within the pocket and doing all those things too, nobody is outplaying Aaron Rodgers. That's where I'm shocked. And then, the Mike, the other thing I get into a little bit is like, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, I, the more time has gone on, I feel like he – and the fact that he even said Gutenkust and Mark Murphy's name there tells me that, you know, some of the issues have got, that have gone on have settled down, that he seems comfortable there. And, 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 and why even want to go play anywhere else right now? I mean, you're on a team that's it's, – it's there. It's a player or two away from being, like, really, really elite. I mean, again, I don't think that the Green Bay Packers are as talented as some of these other top teams in the NFC. I've been saying that all year long, you know, but they do have Aaron Rodgers and he knows when to, you know, how to execute the offense and when to step on the pedal and make, you know, magic happen if they're down or, or he needs to start making plays. And they got something good there. That's where I guess I'm surprised he even brought it up. I'm surprised he's even thinking about it and... I say if he plays, Mike, I'll go the opposite way. I think he's going to be there in Green Bay. And what, what to me, what will happen, or my take, right, will be you say he's going to say trade me. I think he's going to say I'm playing. I want to play here. Give me two more years of what guaranteed money or whatever to make me feel comfortable. And that'll be, you know, and I'll stay here and you won't hear any more nonsense from me. The, the, that well, yeah, that's where I feel like it. That's go. a big part of it too. Yeah, that look. Yeah, I, and and maybe I'm oversimplifying it because before he's going to stay, they're going to have to give him a gigantic raise over thirty three and a half million per year. That's yeah. Jared Goff money. Yeah, they're going to have to pay him accordingly. He has given them two incredibly special seasons right. at a bargain basement price, and this is a publicly owned company that has no owner who is squirreling away profits into his or her private coffers. The money is there and they they've been they've been selling the shares at three hundred bucks each for several weeks now. More and more money is coming in all the time. They can afford to pay him a lot more than they're paying him. Now the other end of what I was thinking earlier was if he says trade me, they say no, he retires, then he can pull the Brett Favre move in July or June or whenever and, and unretire. The best timing to do it is during training camp. That's when it creates maximum chaos for the Packers and puts them in a position where they just have to cut him and let him go at that point. But 
I if and and again, hey, maybe this is a year he decides the grass isn't any greener anywhere other than Green Bay. But if there was a team out there, do you think there's a team out there that gives him a better chance to get a Super Bowl win, to add to his legacy, if that's even what he wants? We assume that's what he wants. It could just be he wants us all to be talking about him, and he's never going to leave Green Bay. He just wants to suck all the oxygen out of the conversation. But is there a team out there that would have kind of like the Tom Brady effect for him, where the talent was down in New England, they weren't going to contend for a Super Bowl in 2020, he goes to the Buccaneers, and there it is. They win the Super Bowl. Is there a team like that that you think is sufficiently better than the Packers and in a better position than the Packers that Aaron Rodgers goes there and and he's he's lugging around the Lombardi Trophy in early what would it be 2023? I, I don't know if there's one that I like look at to say is sufficiently better, right? I think there's some out there that maybe have potential to be better, but not as like you know not as clean cut as it was to go like from New England to Tampa. You know, again, I, I know I brought this up before, and we always thought Tampa had talent. And I just still think of like Matt Ryan down in Miami for that Super Bowl when he was just like, "Oh, talent!" He's like, "I think Tampa's the best defense I we, I played all year. They're unbelievable." And that made me view them a different way a little bit. But you know, hey, Denver of course has some potential there. There there there's some players there, but that's got to come together. I mean, again, that's a potential thing certainly. The Carolina Panthers, to me, the roster they have is Studsville. Their defense has got a ton of players. They got two real good receivers, of course, McCaffrey. But, like, I don't know if there's anything else out there that jumps out to me as to the extent to go, oh, they're just missing the quarterback piece, and now they're definitely one of the better teams in the NFC like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were. I don't know, Mike. I mean, again, it's I'm – Anybody else out there that you're thinking about that I'm missing here? Well, you know, Washington could be in this position to look for a quarterback. The Steelers, the Steelers I'm thinking back the to the Steelers game that they definitely. played against Pittsburgh, and there was some googly eyes between Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin. And, you know, what are they? Uh, hey, the, you could argue that, that if you would have a significant upgraded quarterback in Pittsburgh, that that team They'd be more dangerous. is a force. No doubt. They're a force. No doubt. But do you want to jump into that division right now? What's that? Do you want to jump into that division, the AFC North? I'd much rather be in the NFC North than the AFC North right now. I hear you. The the Packers can continue to rule that division indefinitely. The Lions are still the Lions. The Bears are still the Bears. And the Vikings are still the up and down, just good enough. And and, and good enough for the Packers to pummel on Sunday night, most likely. Yeah. Do you really want to be facing the Ravens twice a year, the Bengals twice a year, the Browns twice a year? I I think that's part of it, too. But coach is a key. Mm -hmm. I think coach is a key. Because maybe he's realizing Matt LaFleur knows what he's doing. 13 and 3, 13 and 3, 12 and 3. He's now the favorite on points bet to win coach of the year, which he deserves. You know, that's part of this whole is the grass greener? Because is the coach as good or better? In Denver, we don't know who the coach is going to be. In Carolina, maybe it's Matt Rule, maybe it's somebody else. But that's part of this process. I said this a couple of weeks ago with Russell Wilson. Before we start saying, oh, he'll waive his tr- no-trade clause to go here, there, there. Now, no, you don't know until the dust settles on who's going to be coaching where. That's step one. And I think that's what Aaron Rodgers is going to sit back and watch in January, whether he's playing or not. How do these dominoes fall as it relates to where coaches are going to be with different teams because that's going to be a factor in whether or not he'd want to go somewhere else. Who's the coach of that team 
that I would want to go to. We know it's going to be Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh, but for some of these other spots, we don't know. We don't yeah. know who's going to be the coach in no. Carolina or the coach in Denver. That's going to be a big factor. Yeah, it is going to be a big factor. I think you bring up a lot of good points, too. You know, AFC North, no doubt about it. That would be scary to deal with those quarterbacks and some of those teams that are on the up and up, certainly, you know. I brought up Denver. I don't, you know, I don't know. Do you really want to go to the AFC West and deal with Mahomes and company, and you know, uh, and Herbert, or Herbert, and the rising team there in, in in Los Angeles, as far as the Chargers are concerned. You know, your Steelers won. You know, there are some things there. I do like that, but uh, you know, they they're also going to need some rework. I think on the defensive side of the ball too. Miami again would be another team that I'll throw out there. You know, that that's one I I would look at. You know, or as far as like at least to have on the yeah, radar, you know, Doing the defense. On returns. Yeah, it's 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 a definite upgrade. We know that. Eat that, to and on. And but they do have you know a young football team, and they're just you know they need to improve the O line. But I don't know if there's one that jumps out there to me. But I do think coach, talented football team, and there has to be some consideration. I do think for the division you're playing in. You know, when Peyton Manning went to the AFC West with the Broncos. No, there was. I'm just trying to think here off the top. There was nobody that you were worried about as far as like that team. Now Brady went to the Bucks, and there were the Saints and Drew Brees, but he said, "Okay, the hell with that. I we I think we could still wipe the floor with the Falcons and the Carolina Panthers, and I'll have to deal with the Saints." It was just a one team type of thing. So that's where it is interesting, and I think you're right. There's a lot of things at play, but still in my heart of hearts, I just go as the years gone on, hearing him talk, you know, reading between the tea leaves. I think he's going to be in Green Bay next year. I do. And I don't want him to retire. Come on. You're too damn good to retire right now. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, I think he should continue to play. And he's as, as, as I said, based upon our traffic numbers back in early November when he was going through the whole secretly unvaccinated thing, I want him to play until he's 60. He's very good for business. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. I, I, I fundamentally bet. am running a business here, and the game is more interesting when he's part of it. Uh, last year, there was a thought that wherever he ended up, he had a West Coast inclination. So the Raiders, I think, would potentially be in play, depending upon who the head coach ultimately is in Las Vegas. Could you see your buddy, Kyle Shanahan, who we know made a run at trying to get Aaron Rodgers the night before the third overall pick was devoted to Trey Lance. Could we see a package that consisted of, I don't know, Trey Lance straight up for Aaron Rodgers? I don't think so. I, I don't I can't imagine that. I can't, you know. Shanahan's made his bed with that decision. He's gonna have to do that. And I don't I mean the Packers, I I, I mean, I would be shocked to let let, you know, the 49ers and Shanahan off the hook and then, oh wait, hey, we get Trey Lance. Oh great, we got Jordan Love and Trey Lance, two guys that are really raw and we don't know you know, what they can really do. No, I don't see that happening. I don't. I think Shanahan's, he's stuck with Trey Lance. He's going to go all in on that. He's going to go all in on that offense. He's going to try to run the Taysom Hill, Lamar Jackson, you know, uh, you know, uh, Hurts offense in Philadelphia. I think that's where you're going to see the 49ers go as far as the offensive direction is concerned. Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love straight up for Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance. It's going to happen in the offseason. That would be... That would be something, and it's definitely something that won't be happening. I think we Here's hit all the teams, next. though, right? Oh, sorry. I'm good. Yeah, 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 no, no. Yeah. I, but, but, you know, this is so different than Tom Brady. This is where Aaron Rodgers needs to take a step back and ask himself, is there really a better option for me, and do I really want to do this? It's one thing 
to create some drama in the 2021 offseason and let this mystery build and act like what's the big deal, but then air grievances at a press conference early in training camp. I mean, he got plenty of attention last year, and I don't think we can rule out the possibility that at the end of the day, this whole grift is about getting attention. It's very possible that that he's never going to leave Green Bay when push comes to shove, but he just wants to have his ass kissed by the front office, by the coaching staff, by the fans. You know, he wants to be appreciated in yeah. his time. Yeah. Look at what I'm doing for this team. And I want you to really want me here. And one of the ways that they dis- uh, demonstrate that yeah. is coming up this offseason. And ma- maybe that's the big factor. I- maybe what he wants to see happen is he's put his body of work out there. He's given them two special seasons. They're getting a hell of a bargain at what they're paying him relative to the rest of the market. Maybe he's just going to sit back and say, it's your move. Yeah. Money and appreciation is all he's got to say. I think you used it right. And that that move is going to give him his answer as to whether or not he wants to leave. Maybe it's that simple. Money and appreciation, I think, are two big words. No no doubt about it. I mean, listen, we saw Brady leave New England because of of that a little bit. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons he left. You know, he's sick of dealing with Belichick and everybody on him. He wanted a little more appreciation, probably wanted a little more money too. And he knew that they weren't going to just build the team around him for the last few years of his career. Um, you know, it's different from Rodgers because I look at Rodgers and go, wait, we're not uh, to, we're not in the last two or three years, I think, window of his football life here. I don't. You know, Rodgers, again, like a Brady uh, he's going to be able to throw the ball with great velocity or touch or whatever when he's 85 in a wheelchair. I mean, he can be able to do whatever he wants. He's just that gifted that way. So that's not going to fall apart, and that's where I don't want to see him retire anytime soon. He's just he's too damn good and too special right now. You know, I just had this vision of what the world will be like when Tom Brady is 85. They probably won't have wheelchairs anymore. There will be little hovering seats that kind of take us wherever we want to go. I kind of, you know... You know, I, I know like we that. always we think that hover but like, around back in like, you know, the 90s when we, you, know, you, you watch like future movies like Terminator 2 or whatever. You were always like, whoa, the world's going to be crazy in 2025. And you go, well, no, we don't really have anything crazy. We're still on gas cars and and doing all the same crap. Actually, well, we have an fewer and much. fewer, fewer and fewer. We're getting there. We're getting there. We need to get there oh. faster. When I was growing up, the, the big thing was the flying, cars. The flying car, yeah, the Jetsons. Right. That's what right. I meant, right, the, yeah. The one thing we didn't realize is we would have all basically the Dick Tracy watch with the TV on it. I, I used to, like, daydream in school, like, wouldn't it be great if I had a TV on my wristwatch and I could, like, watch The Price is Right instead of listening <laughs> to math class? I remember that vividly, and now... I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the rules are with the phones, but I have a feeling some of the kids still find a way to get them in there. All right, let's go ahead and take a break. But you know what? Before we do that, I think we've we've by talking this through, yeah. we've landed on a very important point. I think much of the decision that Aaron Rodgers ultimately makes is going to be driven by the decision that the Packers make. And they're on notice in a variety of respects. And what they come to him with by way of financial offer after this season ends is what's going to ultimately decide for him whether he stays or whether he goes. And if they put enough on the table in front of him, I think he sticks around. If they put a fair amount, I'm not talking about, you know, some king's ransom, a fair amount for what he's done for the last two years and what he can be expected to do for the next couple of years, then maybe then maybe it's not a conversation anymore and he does stick around, Chris. Yeah, no, I, I, I really think that will go a long way. I do. Uh, again, he made that very apparent. It was about respect. 
It's about treating, you know, people the right way who were, you know, important to the football team. It was all that, let alone the disrespect of how the Jordan Love thing went down, the, 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 that it came out of nowhere, and then I'm sure the money. And, of course, last year I think he felt a little lied to or misled to a degree. I mean, obviously. Uh, but I, I, I feel like we've turned a corner there. And, again, he doesn't have to deal with Gutenquist and Mark Murphy a whole lot. He loves the coaches. He seems to love his team. And it seems to at least be in a manageable spot as far as the relationship with Gutenkust and Murphy there to where, you know, they can make it work and make it happen. You know, I, you pronounce Brian Gutekunst's name in a variety of different ways. I did. It's rarely the accurate way. That, Quist, Bruton Quist. That's a new twist. Did I Bruton, say that? On Gutenquist. Let's take a break. I'm on a roll. We're going to look ahead to week 17 with a game of what's more likely next here on this Thursday edition of PFT Live. Guys like Mike Florio. I mean, don't waste your time reading uh, reading crap like that. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama. Cole Hahn, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks.